I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Healy's away. Australia are away. Sit back and enjoy the strike play of Meg Lanny. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Donaldson strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth T20 World Cup title in front of a magical crowd at the MCG. Hello and welcome to The Scoop, the cricket podcast dedicated to the women's game. My name is Emily Collin. I'm Laura Jolly. And we've got a very big day with the Aussie squad to take on New Zealand in March this year being announced today. And in very exciting news, we're going to chat to Australian head coach Matthew Mott all about it. But first, LJ, tell us who's in the squad. There are 17 players in this extended squad for New Zealand, led by Meg Lanning, the captain, and Rachel Haynes, the vice-captain. Darcy Brown comes into her first Australian squad alongside Nicola Carey, another first-timer with Hannah Darlington, Ash Gardner, Elisa Healy and Jess Jonathan. And then we've got Talia McGrath, Sophie Molyneux in, Beth Mooney, Elise Perry, Megan Shute, Annabelle Sutherland, Belinda Vakariwa, Taylor Valemic is back and Georgia Wareham. So that's four changes from the 18-player squad that played New Zealand here in Australia last September. Newcomers, of course, are Darlington and Darcy Brown. And absent from that squad is Maitland Brown, still overcoming that hamstring injury from the WBBL. Dilsa Kimmins is taking some time away from the game. And Aaron Burns and Molly Strano have been omitted. Is Coach Matthew Mott to talk us all through it? And it's an exciting day today with the Australian squad to travel to New Zealand in March for three T20s and three ODIs being named today. And we are lucky enough to now be joined on the scoop by Australian head coach, Matthew Mott, who's here to talk us all through it. Motti, thank you for taking the time to join us. Morning, Emily. Morning, LJ. How are you guys? Super good. So we've got two new faces in the squad that was named today, Hannah Darlington and Darcy Brown, who I'm sure plenty of our listeners will be familiar with from their performances in the WBBL. Let's start with Hannah. What impressed you and the fellow selectors about her? Uh, well, I think she's been on the radar for a long time, Hannah, and um, she obviously had a fantastic WBBL. I think what the selectors really liked the most was her composure under pressure. Um, I think uh, you know, it's, it's probably a similar type role what Delissa Kimmins has played for us in, in the past in T20 cricket, someone who can bowl you know, good stump to stump, um, knows their game and um, you know, can adapt to when we're under fire a little bit. So her temperament and composure were standouts. She's a good all-round player as well. She's got a little bit of the bat and, and, a, and a solid fielder as well. So I think she brings a lot to that particular T20 side of things. Um, and, yeah, so we're just – she's a young player on the, on the rise and we wanted to reward her performances there and, and have a good look at her in, in what is uh, pretty much an extended squad. Yeah, for sure. It's very exciting. And just for those fans who might have been expecting to see Delisa Kim is in the squad, she's taking an extended break from the game. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, I've been in, in contact with DK quite a bit lately and 
yeah, she just needs some time out to just to refresh and re- recalibrate. So uh, we wish her all the best for that. But she's going pretty well. That's that's good to hear. And so what about Darcy? She's just 17 years old. And as we saw in the WBBL with the strikers, she bowls, she bowls quick. Yeah, she does. She's exciting prospect. And I think um, she's got a happy knack of knocking over the top order as well. And, um, you know, she's, she bowled some beautiful spells throughout there. She's looked good again in the WNCL. Um, she's probably one there that's, uh, you know, we've had Taylor Blomink in the last couple of years that have come in and, and shaken the game up a little bit. And, and we think she's some, someone very similar. So swings the ball at good pace, uh, looks a natural athlete. So we're, we're excited to, to take her along. She's, uh, I spoke to her yesterday and she's very excited, obviously. But um, another one who's been certainly on the selectors' radar for a while and, and uh, is rewarded with her performances. And we saw during the WBBL, Darcy's just 17 and she was doing her high school exams in the hub. Hannah's only 19 and has been named vice-captain of New South Wales. These girls just seem so mature and, and level-headed for their age. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a real crop of young players coming through that are watching a lot of cricket now. I think they're, they're getting exposed at a young age to, you know, to the game and they, they fall in love with it and they're watching a lot of cricket. So they're, they're seeing... Uh, the cricket smarts and the craft that's involved. I think that's a really big thing for the game that players like that have come in with some really good plans on how to, to knock players over and how to defend at times as well. So, um, yeah, they're two great examples of, of players that have come in, really hit the ground running, um, shown that ability to cope with you know, the differing demands of the game. And, um, yeah, they'll come into our squad and add plenty. Um, I think uh, it, it is an exciting next couple of years. I think we're playing a lot of cricket in the next two years. Uh, we obviously have this big tournament a year out from the World Cup there, so it's a great opportunity. Uh, that was something the selectors really wanted to, to explore was exposing some of these younger players to the conditions that we're likely to face in a year's time. Absolutely. And so another exciting storyline is that Taylor Vlemic is coming back from that, or she's come back from that awful foot injury. So we've seen her in the WNCL. How will she be managed over in New Zealand? Is she she's still working her way back to full fitness? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, that, that injury that she had was a, was a really high-risk injury. So it's been cautious for a reason. We, we see her as a long-term player for Australia. She is frustrated by it. She hates it. She wants to play every game that she can, but uh, it, it's holding her back is the, is the difficult thing. She doesn't do anything less than 100%. Um, so we've got to really look after her, and there's a lot of collaboration between us and the Victorian um, hierarchy down there about how best to manage her. Um, and, and it is just it's being really smart. I think in New Zealand we'll look to play probably three or four of the games rather than the, the whole six, and, and that's why we've got a good list of bowlers there that – come in and out of that team but um, she's done all the right things she's trained her backside off uh, it was so great to see her out there she was so excited the other day taking those four wickets um, and you know you, you couldn't punch the smile off her face at the end of the day so I, I did um, I did speak to her after that and I just said oh, I'm pretty excited but I, I imagine you are delirious and, and she confirmed that she was quite you know, <laughs> herself with excitement so that's, that's great. great great story she's been so frustrated she's had a few you know um False starts, I guess, on the way back. But fingers crossed um, we can look after her for the next couple of years. Yeah, she seemed absolutely stoked last week. And you've said in the past you guys don't just hand out Aussie caps. But could we expect to see Darcy or Hannah make a debut over in New Zealand? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, they've been picked for a reason to play over there. And, um, you know, as you said, LJ, we don't hand out caps. But they, their performances alone warrant um, chat at the selection table. And as we said we're going to have to be versatile with a couple of our bowlers anyway with the, the way that the program looks. So 
Um, you know, you, no one's got a crystal ball to see what that looks like, but they're definitely in the mix. I think Hannah's probably more in, in the in the T20 reckoning, and Darcy uh, is probably more in the in the one day at this stage. So, um, yeah, well, there'll be some tough decisions. I was looking at our first eleven uh, the other day, and it's going to be a couple of disappointed people that miss out. So, um, yeah, we just uh, go with what we can. We get over there. We've got obviously a bit of quarantine before we get there, so there's a fair bit of time before that first game. So. Uh, hopefully we've got everyone available and we've got some really tough decisions to make. And you've got a real core group of the Australian contracted players who have been mainstays in the squad for a while now. Are they good at welcoming in these new players and taking them under their wing? Yeah, I think so. I think um, you know, one thing we've always said is that we don't look at the birth certificate and I think that's really important. On the other end of the scale, I think Rachel Haynes um, is playing as good a cricket as she's ever ever played and she's, um, you know, she's performing well off the track as well. Some of her performances in the on the in the fitness side of things have been incredible so uh yeah but the young players coming in always add that, that little bit of um you know a spark when someone makes a debut it's a it's a great day because all the players can remember what their, that feeling was like for them so definitely make them um you know make them welcome they'll come in and obviously uh try and articulate uh, what our values mean to them in particular and and from there, it's, uh, you know, when the opportunity comes, I think everyone will be really excited for it. Yeah, so we know how much depth there is in Australian cricket at the moment. So just from your perspective, from a selector's perspective, how difficult it is, is it to narrow down a squad of 17 players and what are the key things you think about and what do you, what do you really need to get right? Yeah, good question. I, I think um, it, the 17-player squad is, is very different. It's, um, you know, traditionally you'd probably take 14 to New Zealand maximum, but with COVID... And all the regulations around that, we we do look for an extended squad. So for those players, you you, you sort of got a, a like a free hit to maybe give some players there that might have missed out an opportunity to show what they've got. So it's a little bit different than picking your normal squad and certainly picking a, a World Cup squad. But you know, having had this World Cup put back a year um, has uh, pros and cons. And uh, one of the pros of it is it does give us an extra opportunity to to look at some of the players that we think might work over there and. Definitely, we think in that time of the year that pace could be a bit of a factor over there and getting some of these players' exposures at the venues that we're likely to play at is, is a golden opportunity that uh, the selectors were keen to take up. And are there any players who you think were particularly unlucky to have missed out on this squad? Yeah, I think there's always uh, in that squad. There's three or four that are, are on standby there, that, you know, Yastranos and, and Burns that have been there and, and done a good job but are unlucky that they've got some world-class spinners in front of them. I think Elise Filani's form's been exciting and, and something that we've hoped uh, for a while. And I see uh, just watching her at the moment, she's 50 plus not out and going well. So, um, you know, she, she's doing the right thing. She's uh, responded in the right fashion. So she continues to do that. She'll, she'll be close again in the future as well. Yeah, there's been so much chat about the young guns coming through in the WBBL. But as you mentioned, with people like Elise Filani, we've seen some really strong performances in the WNCL the last few weeks. Is it fair to say that you think you've been favouring youth versus experience in recent times and with this squad as well? Yeah, no, not really. I think, um, you know, Elise would, by her own admission, her, her performance for Australia in the last couple of years wasn't uh, enough to keep her in the team. And so, uh, that therefore, she forfeited that spot. She's got an opportunity to work back. She's, as we've said with, um, with Rachel Haynes over the last couple of years, if you're scoring runs and you, there's a spot, then we'll pick you. It's, uh, there's no, certainly not a youth policy by any means. We'll pick whoever and you know we some of our best performers have been our most senior players um you know, Delissa Kim has done a fantastic job for us over the last couple of years so it's all about performance really and how you fit into the team roles and 
where there's an opportunity, and that, that's the hardest thing, I think. Uh, yeah, from Bellani's point of view, um, yeah, she's got a number of world-class players in front of her, but, um, you know, someone just needs to break a finger or, or, or you miss a few games and, and an opportunity can open up. And you mentioned the World Cup in New Zealand in a year's time and how important this tour will be. Are there any players who you're really looking forward to seeing in New Zealand conditions and learning a bit about? I think all the all the fast bowlers that we've already mentioned. Uh, that, that's sort of um, our, our big goal. End goal is to is to try and rebrand our, our bowling attack. I think we've been a very adaptable bowling attack um, over the last couple of years. But we also we want to be a forceful attack, and we've got some really um, good pace options coming. And, and there's a lot behind them as well. If you look look Stella Campbell and Lauren Cheadle and players like that that have started to to really show what they've got. So we, we just see there's a real opportunity in the next couple of years for our pace attack to, to get that real edge and uh, a point of difference from all the other attacks in the world. I think it's been um, well documented, our spin attack's as good as any, um, probably that's ever played the game. So versatility there, our, our batters haven't really changed a lot in the last couple of years and have performed extremely well. So probably that next crop of pace bowlers is what we're most excited about. Yeah, I'm sure the fans will be just as excited. It's going to be great viewing. And so, Marty, as we know, it's not it's not as simple as it used to be heading overseas on a cricket tour these days. So when do you jet off and how are you and the girls feeling about the, the prospect of quarantining again in New Zealand? Yeah, I think we head off March 12th now. The date's changed a few times, but um, we'll have to do two weeks quarantine over there, which um, we've been in touch with the, the men's group but over there. We've got some staff members over there at the moment in Lucy and Pete, so... Uh, they've been great intel on what it looks like. They, they said the conditions were outstanding over there. They, you know, the first three days will be uh, a proper lockdown, um, no, no seeing other people. Uh, they said the food's been magnificent. And for those who know Pete, he's a, he's a harsh critic on his food, so um, and he's given it the thumbs up, so it must be pretty good. After that, um, you know, we'll be able to get out to train, uh, I think about three to four hours a day, um, so every day for the remainder of that 14-day period. And I think that's been quite comfortable. Players have got down there. And even on non-training days, maybe just had a run around and get some fresh air. So I, all in all, I think it's not ideal, but it's um, it's as good as it can be given the conditions. And there's so much coming up for Australia with um, India coming next summer, home ashes, then the World Cup, Com Games. How much planning is already going on for all of those things, even though they're, they're a while off. Yeah, a lot actually. We're, we're, one of the benefits of all the um, things that have been cancelled, we had a lot of time to plan. So, um, yeah, no, nothing's going to surprise us now. We've had a lot of time to sit down and, um, you know, workshop through a, a number of different scenarios. But, uh, yeah, a huge diversity in the range of competitions that we're playing in as well. So um, we're going to have to draw on all our resources and keep our players fit, uh, manage them well, I think, throughout that period because there's a, a lot of time away from home as well. And on that, I think the last time we spoke to you about this, you were contracted until the end of the World Cup when it was due to be held in 2021. Where are you at with that stuff now? Uh, still there, unfortunately. Um, so we'll probably sit down as, um, you know, I've been in contact with Ben Oliver quite a bit of late. Um, there's obviously been a lot going on and, um, to be honest, probably more important matters. But uh, we'll probably run that through and, and then discuss that um, in, the, in the coming months when there's a bit more clean air after this series. So, yeah, I'm very keen to keep going. I'm enjoying it immensely and obviously keen to get back out there playing rather than planning. But, um, yeah, just can't wait to get over New Zealand and do well there and and then hopefully plot out the next couple of years for everyone. Good to hear. And, Muddy, we've spoken about the depth in Australian cricket. 
Sean Flegler, Flegler spoke to LJ recently about a potential training camp that we might we might see some Australia versus Australia A action, which would be very exciting. How important is it for you to provide opportunities for those players who are sort of on the fringe with those opportunities to play against the Aussie team, especially because there were no A tours last year? Yeah, I think it's a fantastic concept. We've obviously talked about that quite a bit. And uh, in, in terms of bang for your buck in, the, in this climate at the moment, economic climate, it, it is a really great opportunity. As I just said, close run out chance there for Valani. But um, <laughs> yeah, so we, we might put the kiss of death on it there. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it's it's a great concept at the best of times. But in the in the current environment, I think it's a perfect opportunity to get all the best players. Um, you know, we, we've just talked about how much cricket is going to be over the next couple of years gives everyone, uh, you know, almost a like-for-like opportunity to, to show what they've got against the best of the best. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about that. I think those, those games would be brilliant. The time of the year would be perfect. Um, you know, good conditions up here in Queensland in, in the wintertime. So uh, that's something to really look forward to. 100%. Should be an exciting winter followed by an exciting summer. Well, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of The Scoop, Moddy. Great to get an insight into how you've built the squad and, yeah, we can't wait to watch it all unfold. Pleasure. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Healy's awake. Australia awake. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanny. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth T20 